1: Yes, indeed, we will do all of that. We've got some great Vin Scully calls waiting for you here in just a couple of minutes. Plus, we've got your phone calls as well. Like you just heard Chris say right there, he meant so much to not just Dodger fans, but to people that have lived in this city, that used to live in this city, that have gone somewhere else. It's just it's this connection immediately back to where uh we, we're all from and where we all like to feel connected to, and, and he was certainly – the connection to that, Al, and, and I mean, think about that in, in a city that is tens of millions of people big. Yep, they come from every corner of the world, mm-hmm. right? Male, female, you know, black, white, Latino, Asian, everybody mm-hmm. from from every different place. And this was the thing we all like. Oh, yeah. And Vinny's our guy. He's your guy. He's my guy. It, it it's, doesn't matter what language you speak or, or where your mom and dad came from or where you came from or anything else. It's like, if you're here in Los Angeles, you're on Vin Scully's team. And we all can kind of just lean into that. And, and, and we get so twisted up on stuff where, you know, you're this and I'm that. And I don't like you because of this. This was the one thing we're like, we're all in this together because of him. It was awesome.
2: L.A. is special, man. I I don't know what to I don't know how to describe it. It really is. It's in to have Vince Scully for sixty-seven years represent. You know it's what's so crazy when people say, "Yeah, you you came as part of the from Brooklyn to L.A." I'm like what? What do you like, uh-huh. just think about that? Because I can hear. You know, in, in my lifetime, in your lifetime, you only know the Dodgers as the Los Angeles Dodgers, as in physically seeing them or listening to them or watching them on tv that is such a long period of time 67 years being in your living room 67 years being in your car 67 years being having an intimate relationship with family members and everything else it's just uh yeah it's, uh... It, it,
1: the the connections out like we're talking about are, are certainly the, the most special part of it but then there's just the straight baseballness of it all right that that not only would he make you laugh and think and all of these other things and feel like your old friend but no one was able to find the words better in the biggest moments in baseball history than vin scully was and maybe Uh, I don't want to say the, because there are just too many to pick one, Mm -hmm. but certainly one of the candidates for his most iconic call happened in
3: 1988. And look who's coming up. All year long, they looked to him to light the fire. And all year long, he answered the demands until he was physically unable to start tonight with two bad legs. The bad left hamstring and the swollen right knee. And with two out, you talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Two out, nine inning, Three and two. Sacks waiting on deck. But the game right now is at the plate. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. In a year that has been so important.
1: Okay, so that that is fantastic. Till do me a favor, see if we can find the one that hasn't been edited quite as heavily, that has the pauses in there, that has a little bit more of the setup, because I th- I think that it really demonstrates out not not only in the year of the improbable improbable, the impossible, you could sit down for a hundred years and say, Okay, here's the setup. This guy that's mm-hmm. you know, basically playing on two broken legs. He's going to come up and hit a game-winning World Series home run off the best pitcher in baseball. I'm going to give you a month to come up with the perfect line. You're not coming up with that. You're, and and he came up with it in the moment. And then, of course, when Gibson's going around and that iconic, you know, he's got one hand in the air and then he's doing the fist pump along the ways. He's coming around second base. Not a word. Just silence and the roar of the. crowd, I shouldn't say silence. Just the roar of the crowd. And this, as the story goes. He went and got out of his booth and went and poured himself a cup of coffee and just let Dodger fans go bananas for a, a bunch of minutes without saying a word and and again it speaks to his humility that I don't have to say anything. I'm going to I already said the perfect thing. I'm just going to let this breathe and let 56,000 screaming Dodger fans tell you the rest of it.
2: It's not normal in our industry and for what he does That silence is a work of art that is not used the way, or maybe somebody just doesn't know how to use it. And I heard you and John talking about this yesterday, and John describes, goes and gets a coffee in the middle of it, and then it's just silence. And the first thing you did after hearing that, hey, I want to hear that silence. Because that silence to me is such a, it's such a, uh, respect is probably the best way that I can describe it. He is respecting the moment. This ain't about me. This isn't about Vince Scully. This is not about I'm going to say as much as I possibly can so when people play this highlight over and over again, you hear Vince Scully. No. I said what I said in the beginning. Let me leave this thing alone. Let me let it marinate for a little bit. What a special moment of what just happened at Dodger Stadium. And then when it was the right time, I'll then just have another line that just is absolutely iconic <laughs> and will also complement that entire moment. You, Trav, some people are... You know, whatever your craft is, some people are the absolute greatest at what they do. And others, it's you're trying really hard, but you just you can't do it, it like well, that. Vin is the absolute greatest. You're,
1: what, right. What? you're so right. And it, it's a mix of incredible eloquence, like we just heard, where you had, you know, in the year of the improbable, the impossible has happened. And then sometimes it's just a visceral reaction to where when you had uh, Hideo Nomo, we had his, it got him. It's just this perfect little short little pop that it just it perfectly encapsulates. I you want me to be poetic? I if the moment requires poetry, I've got it. If the moment requires just raw emotion, I've got it. If the if the moment requires me to take a step back and say nothing, I've got it. And and you can't plan these things. You you just have to react to them in the moment because the second you start to plan them, you sound like somebody who's planning and has a line that you're waiting to insert into a thing. That if you just got him, it's just perfect. And then you have all of these other ones. I I want to play this one for you too, Slee, because this is something that I I know a lot of people know that, you know, again, and and Vince Scully was so fortunate to just be present for some historic moments. When Hank Aaron hit that home run to break Babe Ruth's record, they were playing the Dodgers. You know, they weren't playing the Houston Astros or the St. Louis Cardinals. Of course they were. They were playing the Dodgers. So Vince Scully was there. And, again, you got to go back. This is in the mid-1970s. Hank Aaron was going through a period of time where he was receiving the most hideous, awful things in the mail and death threats and everything associated with the fact that he was a black man about to break Babe Ruth's record. And without sounding like he's getting up on a soapbox, without sounding like he's trying to make any sort of political statement, he absolutely nails not just a baseball moment, but a social moment.
3: Aaron waiting, the outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the it It is gone! marvelous moment for baseball what a marvelous moment for atlanta and the state of georgia what a marvelous moment for the country and the world a black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol
1: try to pull that off try to pull off the this is or at the time the most iconic home run in baseball history. He passed Babe Ruth. No one has ever done that more than Hank Aaron had at that moment. Call the home run, the significance of the home run, and also put it in the context of what is happening around that man in that moment, considering the social situation and, and the city that had happened and the history of that part of the country and everything. And, and by the way, didn't sound forced, didn't sound like he had it in his back pocket, didn't sound like he was doing anything other than here's what's happening, here's what it means. And I'm just going to get out of the way.
2: It's another perfect game. It's another perfect game. It's another—I mean, it's—it's a, it's a another perfect call. Trav, you, you know, you, you've said this a couple times. You can't—you just can't script these. You just can't. You can't prepare for. You know, you—you just—it—it it comes in the moment. You don't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know if it's going to happen there. Like you said, they just happen to be playing the Dodgers. I don't even know what the Atlanta Braves call was. And I don't even know if I've ever heard of it or I've never heard it, but it's just – I just say that because it's Vin, right? Like, I i don't know. I, there's uh, – th- these are great calls to get a chance to listen to or go back and listen to. And when you do it, it's really just appreciating just an absolute – perfect masterpiece work of art
1: let's try another phone call here we're taking your phone call celebrating the life of Vince Scully it's 877-710-ESPN 877-710-3776 let's go to the South Bay Redondo Beach and Daniel Daniel you're on with Trav and Slee. what's up
4: hey how are you guys doing all right thank you for taking my call uh you know Trav I just wanted to let you know and what to that we lived in a time where we had probably three of the greatest broadcasters of all time. We had Ben Scully. We had Bob Miller from the, from the Kings. And we also had, um, uh, Chick Hearn. And so I'm just grateful that I got to grow up, you know, in this era. And, uh, Ben Scully was always my dad's favorite. So that just, it brings back memories. He was a big Dodger fan. And, um, I'm just special. I, I feel special to uh, memorialize him today. And I hope you guys have a great day. And, Thank you, brother. Um, let's remember, Vin. You guys have a awesome day. and uh, You got it. My girlfriend's a big Dodger fan. <laughs> Flea, I'm from San Diego, so I'm a Padre fan. So I was rubbing it into her last night about Soto and Bell. So we <laughs> <laughs> so were just having a little fun, but I still had to make her dinner.
1: <laughs> there right. you go. Thank you for the call, Daniel. Look, he's right. That people of, you know, if you were in Los Angeles anytime between, you know, the 50s and the 2000s, you were inundated with three of the greatest of all time. And he mentioned Vin Scully and Bob Miller as the voice of the Kings for a long, long time. And it's widely considered one of the best who have ever done hockey. And, of course, Chick Hernsley, you know, we don't have to say anything else about Chick. Chick is Chick. That's not the end of the list. There are more. Jaime Harin has been calling Dodger games Longer than Vin Scully, okay, and 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 for a a, a multiple generations of Spanish speaking people in this city, Jaime Harin sure. is is their guy. So you always have to put Jaime Harin in that in that category as well, because not only is he excellent at it and has those connections to the Spanish speaking audience the way that Vin Scully did to an English speaking audience, but he did it at the almost the exact same time. and continues to do it. It's just an extraordinary uh, situation. And then there's there's another one too. But because it was not the Dodgers or the the, the, the the Lakers, Dick Enberg called the Angel Games for a long time. Dick Enberg was the voice of UCLA basketball when they were in the middle of the John Wooden dynasty. Okay, so not only Scully, Hearn, and Miller... But you had Dick Enberg and Jaime Harin as well. And, and look, I know that we don't talk a lot of Cl- – Ralph Lawler, Cl- Clipper games. For, of course. They, no 100%. matter where you turned, 100%. there was a legend calling mm-hmm. – whatever your favorite team was, there was a guy calling your games that not only was your guy, but he was everybody's guy.
2: That's why I say, you know, this is part of what makes L.A. so special. You know, it really is. You have – you know, you can say you have Hollywood and you have these – Actors and actresses go to a Lakers game, and it's Denzel, and it's DiCaprio, and it's this. Do you know who L.A. admires more than any of these actors? They admire these sports figures. They admire these sports broadcasters. They, they admire these announcers that they have a much closer connection to than any of this, any of what Hollywood brings to the table. Cool. Awesome. That's a, That's a piece. That's a compliment to L.A. That ain't L.A., it's these guys that kind of define Los Angeles. It's these guys that, like we've said so many times, you got all these people telling the stories that somebody has a more personal connection to. There's a, you know, it's kind of making its round rounds, and it's not that it's anything new or anything like that. But last uh, twelve hours ago, or twelve hours or so, or fourteen hours, you got that iconic shot, and it's. Vince Scully, it's Bob Miller, it's Chick Hearn, all together, right? And they're holding the. It's awesome. It's a it's a Fox Sports mic, and at <laughs> yeah. that time they were all you know on. Yeah. yeah. It was prime ticket for the Lakers. Yeah. It was Dodgers, Kings, all that, and is it's funny you know when you see that and you get that caller that's talking about those three announcers specifically and like you just mentioned, no 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 that that list keeps going down, and and that's what makes um that's what makes LA so special. But you look at that iconic shot and it's like damn that. That's such a special shot to have all three of those together.
1: And speaking of iconic moments, there are a whole bunch of no-hitters that we need to play as well. What do you like, Slee? You like Koufax? You like Fernando? You like Nomo? You like Kershaw? Because he was there for all of those as well. We'll play a couple of those for you. Plus, I promise, more of your phone calls coming up. 877-710-ESPN. We're celebrating the life of Vin Scully here on 710 ESPN.
5: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Celebrating the life of not just a legendary broadcaster, but a legendary figure here in the city of Los Angeles. Vin Scully passed last night. At the age of 94, 67 years, Al, Colin Dodger baseball, uh, among many other things like we've talked about, whether it was NFL football, college football, PGA Tour golf, he called tennis, he had a game show, he had a talk show along the way, just a a man that lived an extraordinary life along the way. And oh, by the way, got to see some extraordinary baseball along the way, Uh, I mentioned Twenty-one no hitters. He was. We talked about he was wow. there for him. twenty-one no hitters. It's funny. We were we were having the conversation last night. I was lucky enough one night. And it literally is just nothing but luck. Went to watch the Dodgers and the Braves one night, mm-hmm. and Kent Merker, who was not Tom Glavin, who was not Greg Maddox, was not John Smoltz, and it just it was Kent Merker's night to pitch. I go to Dodger Stadium to watch. Kent Merker throws a no hitter. And, and it's the only one I've ever seen in, in person, and it was it was amazing. And listening to all of these no-hit calls, as much fun as it was to be in the ballpark and see it, you're kind of like, damn, I didn't get to hear Vin describe what was happening. Because to your point, it's like as great as the accomplishment is on the field, the description of what is happening is just as good. And I, I want to play this one for us uh, right here. This is Vin Scully in 1965 describing Sandy Koufax's perfect game. And I want to set this up this way, Sleep. Keep in mind. There was no TV at this game. There's no footage that exists. This was the 60s. The games weren't on TV all the time. And yep. They didn't even send... Still photos. Right. There's still photos and the radio call. And I've heard Scully talk about this, where he realized as they were getting later and later into the game that he had a chance to throw a perfect game, and he wanted to have... For lack of a better phrase, and these, these are my words, not his, like a historical account of what was taking place, and so he starts to not just describe the count to the batter, or you know where you know the the score of the game, he's, he's talking about the time, he's talking about the attendance, he's talking about the date, he's talking, he's he's basically creating this little time capsule, and he said he did it because he wanted Sandy Koufax to have something to kind of other than the box score the next day. To, to kind of commemorate what would be, you know, other than some World Series championships, the defining moment of his career. So with that in mind, listen to this, and you can kind of hear what he's doing, that he's putting all the blocks in place. So even though there's no pictures, you feel like you were right there
3: with him. Two and two to Harvey Keene. One strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. swung on and missed a perfect game. Scoreboard in right field. It is 9.46 p.m. in the city of the Angels, Los Angeles, California. And a crowd of 29,139 just sitting in to see the only pitcher in baseball history to hurl four no-hit, no-run games. He has done it four straight years, <laughs> and now he capped it on his fourth no-hitter. He made it a perfect game. And Sandy Koufax, whose name will always remind you of strikeouts, did it with a flourish. He struck out the last six consecutive batters. So when he wrote his name in capital letters in the record books, that K stands out even more than the OUFAX.
1: Give me a break. I mean, come on, man. That that is when, when you. I mean, the call just stands on its own, but the context of it all, that's like, hey, I'm going to put this thing together so I can give it to my guy, <laughs> and and he'll have it forever, and we have a historical account of what it is. I mean, again, you couldn't create it if you gave you 100 takes to do it exactly right, and he does it live in the moment flawlessly.
2: Is it weird when I say I'm I'm glad there's no footage of it, no, that there I, is I no video? You know what I mean? Sure. That I, I, I think there's certain moments where – I saw it all. Like you, you can listen to him, whatever he was watching. You can see it by just listening to the details of it. What do you have? Probably twenty-five seconds of just I'm gonna let. Like we'll go back to this. We we talked about Kirk Gibson. I'm gonna give. That was probably twenty twenty-five seconds. Just let it marinate, and somebody who's listening can appreciate what was just accomplished without being interrupted. Yeah, you know how quick sometimes we just get interrupted with well I, there's silence no 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 i got to stop that silence no no you don't and and i, I don't i don't we kind of we go back and forth and in today's world we can't go 1.4 seconds without silence saying what what happened what's i'm uncomfortable why why is nobody talking right go to my next twitter instagram or something like that that's that's uh i almost don't want to see footage i i think his story of how he described it is the footage that you need, and whatever that picture is created in your head might be a little different in yours than mine and somebody else's. It's Vince Scully's, uh, it, it's his call on it.
1: Let's try to the phone call here. Let's go to Newberry Park this time. And Danny, Danny, you're on with Travis Slee. How are you, Danny?
6: I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Good. Um, so first off, I went to the Mandy's. That was awesome. I plan on going next year. Um, got a chance to meet both you guys. I just have a quick story. I worked in an office building in San Fernando Valley and I had a chance to meet Vin briefly. um, I walked out of my office. He was coming out of uh, like a CPA's office and there was an elevator in between. And he went down the hall to use the restroom and I I knew it was him. So I intentionally uh, (laughs) waited for him to walk back to to hit the down button so I could go down with him in the elevator. Um so I had a chance to talk to him, super nice guy, very genuine, humble. Uh just it was a cool experience. Um walked out, there were at this office building they had like security guards that would open the door for you. So I asked them if they would let me take a picture with them, and they said that they wouldn't allow photos on the on the premises, which was kind of a bummer. But anyway, that just wanted to share that quick story. Uh, great guy, you know he he lived in ninety four. I hope I live that long myself. Sure. Yeah, um, Danny, it's it's a great yeah. story,
1: and I appreciate you sharing it with us. Um, and, and, and Danny, I I think you're gonna understand what, where I'm coming from with what I'm about to say next because your story, I think, is probably a story that thousands of people have in and around los angeles think about how many people did exactly what you did danny i would have done the exact same thing of course like wait he's coming back through okay i'm just gonna stand right here i'm getting on that elevator with vin scully i'm gonna have 20 seconds or whatever the elevator ride was to be in his company who wouldn't want to And, and and think about it like this too al every night every elevator ride Every time you park your car, every time you go to buy groceries, every time you go to get some gas, every time you go to do anything when you're Vin Scully, somebody's going to do the thing where they say, hey, I just want to tell you how much I love you.
2: Of course. And
1: and, and it always feels good, and, and it never gets tiresome. But it, at some point, you would think, it's like, okay, I I, I kind of get it. Can I just have two minutes to myself? And you've never heard that story. You've never heard that story about him saying, no, I want to be in the elevator by myself or standing there and not saying, how you doing, or shaking your hand, or signing the way. It's just... To he was famous for seventy plus years. Okay. That that is an extraordinary run for anything and anybody, but to just constantly know that, okay, I'm gonna get on the elevator, there's gonna be Danny, there's gonna be Travis, there's gonna be Alan, there's gonna be Emily, there's gonna be Taylor, they're gonna that the next wave of people are gonna want to tell me what the other wave of people told me, and to handle it as graciously as he does every time. It speaks to the sort of man that he was.
2: You uh, you said something earlier, and you have, you've actually you keep using the word authentic, right? You can't, you know. Listen, somebody that is iconic as he is, I get it, I understand it. If there's a day that you're sitting back and you're like, "Geez, I, can I just have a second to myself, or can I just walk into the Dodger game and just uh, pretend like I'm not Vin Scully?" I don't I don't know of a st- nobody is t- telling a story like that that, you know what, there, he had one of those days where he just wanted to be by himself. That bro, when you say authentic, that is a way to describe You can't fake something like that. That's who you are either deep down inside. You're not trying to be – you're not trying to – well, I want to show one face to to certain people, but behind closed doors I'm this, that's obviously not fair. Let's
1: try one more quick phone call here. Let's uh, go to Fullerton and Dave. Dave, you're on with Travis Lee. How are you, Dave? Hi, good morning, guys.
7: Good morning. I appreciate this opportunity to share with you. Um, my father passed away 45 years ago when I was 17. Um, at the time the Dodgers were on KABC radio and right before the top of the hour at 7am, they would do like a replay or a Dodger recap and they would have a play by play call. The Dodgers had done it that morning, did a, or I should say the night before had a walk off win that Vinny called. So, tells you how long ago it was. I had my transistor radio with hmm. me, and uh, I, in the hospital there, I put the radio up to my dad's ear, and uh, so he could listen. And Daddy got a big smile on his face. And uh, a couple hours later, he passed. And uh, so it's very special to me that the last time my dad smiled, it was because of any. And so last night, when uh, when we all got the news, um, that came to mind, and it made me made me remember my dad, and it made me be thankful for Vinny. So I just
1: wanted to share that. I'm glad you did, Dave. It's uh, that's a wonderful story. Um,
8: Thanks for sharing, brother.
1: And you could hear it in Dave's voice, Al. You know, he mentioned that his, his father passed away 45 years ago. And, you know, it's obviously no matter what it happened, 4,500 years ago, still emotional thinking about your dad in those moments. But what a special thing to get to to share. And and I'm sure Dave's story is personal to, to him, but I'm sure there are many, many more like that about how there were bonds created between fathers and sons and and grandsons and great-grandsons. And he was the – Connective tissue with with all of those generations, and you know, there's a lot of teams in town, and and we've had a lot of great guys do that, a lot of call great games, but to to do that to connect families and fathers to sons and mothers to sons and daughters to, to dads, and I mean, what what else is there to do, right? I mean, that as much fun as it would be to call a no hitter or a World Series, but to be able to give somebody their last smile with their with their son, I mean, come on.
2: You know, what, you know what's actually kind of special with Vin Scully's um, 94 years and him retiring a few years back, and I feel like if you were Vin Scully, I- I'm sure he got that opportunity to so many people for so many years, told him how much they appreciated his work, how much they appreciated the story that was just told. I'm sure Vin had many of those stories told to him. And then when he retired, there was an opportunity for everybody to give their thanks to what he did. And and obviously that's going to continue now even after he passes away yesterday at 94. But that doesn't always get to happen. You know what I mean? That that I think that's what, what – if you asked the type of life to live, and I think there are many people that got to tell Vince Scully face-to-face how much they appreciate him, how much they meant to him – and then to live 94 years, it really, you said this when we started the show, it's a its a sad day, but it's also a day of celebration. I think it's kind of full circle, right? Like when you hear people telling some of these stories, it's like you can just, I can only imagine how many different times Vince Scully was stopped to, to, <laughs> to somebody had a story for him. Like and it's that. so great that he got to live that long of a life to probably hear a lot of these great stories.
1: A life incredibly well lived. We'll continue with our celebration of Vin Scully's life. It's Factor Cap coming up next. A Vin Scully edition of Factor Cap. Cannot wait for that. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
0: Hey, guys. I know from uh, listening to a ton of his uh, calls today that I wish that I could have uh, Vin Scully also do this game and try to say Factor Cap as (laughs) well. (laughs) It would make me laugh. And then one of the favorite things that I had that I went through was one of his, uh, his emotional call of when he was on his last game and he said, I needed you as much as you needed me, and that just got me choked up. And anyway, even someone who didn't super grow up with him, it still gets gets me every time.
1: It's a great line, Emily, and yeah. and we've all we've heard it a bunch in the last you know twelve hours or so since yeah. since we got the news. But and I know he meant it from the bottom of his heart. But nothing that he's ever said has been less true. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now that that yeah. tr- trust me, I'm sure that he liked the the things that were coming back his way. But he meant a lot more to some us people. than oh, I don't yeah. know anybody could ever understand. It, it's a wonderfully beautiful thing to say about the fans, but no,
7: yeah,
8: <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: that's that's cap. Um, exactly so right. if uh, we've been listening to a lot of his highlights from um, some of these historic games that he's called, so if you could attend and be present for any of his iconic games, what would you want to be at, Travis? Patrick cap or no you know
1: what yeah, you want it. to Yeah it's, it's it's the obvious one for me because I was I was 16 years old when this happened it was right before my 17th birthday I was a uh, I was a senior in high school I was Dodger crazy and and perhaps the most uh ironic part of all of this is I had a chance to go and I didn't is the kirk gibson game it's my my dad i i know i've told this story that i I had a buddy who his dad let him borrow his boat that day and we went water skiing instead my dad had gotten tickets to the (laughs) the world series and and he had game one and i think game six or whatever it was and and i said yeah i'll just i'll catch the next cuz again remember the dodgers were were incredible underdogs going into this series but you thought at least game 6 might have a lot of you know tension in it and i wanted to go water skiing and all of these things and my 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 brother ends up going and gets to see kirk gibson do what we all know that he did at this point and and he still gives me a hard time about it to this day but just at that stage in my life that that home run that player that team that and i don't mean this that was widely considered one of the least talented teams to ever win the world series and that they did and then it was my team and that home run and Vince Scully's call it's a very easy answer for me it's the Gibson home run in 88
2: and that age too like that is a perfect age to be there and act like an absolute idiot
1: look out yes amazing if it happened tomorrow and I'm 50 I'd still be acting like an absolute idiot to be there
2: like an idiot (laughs) you know the call that I love Fernando throws a no-hitter, and he made it sound like such a party, right? Like when he says, throw your sombreros in the air, I want to. it makes me just kind of think like, no, I want to be there. I want to be there in that moment. And I know there's iconic calls that are maybe bigger situations, or like you're saying, game one of the World Series. And I know we could go through all these different lists. I think the Fernando piece of it, because it's Fernando mania, because it's such an icon and a legend as well let's actually take a listen to the call right now
3: fernando ready in the strike two pitch is hit back to the box dribbling to second samuel on the bag close to first double play fernando valenzuela has pitched a no hitter at 10:17 in the evening of june the 29th 1990 if you have a sombrero throw it to the sky come
2: on man another perfect one but by, by the way here's the funny thing if you're at the game you don't hear that i, I you know what I'm saying like, yeah. there's, and there's that's what it's kind of like listen if you asked anybody do you want to be at the game or do you want to listen on the radio or be on or, or at TV or what or on your TV in the living room you obviously want to be at the game but you you lose something. That's why for such a long time, people would always take, and probably some people still do it, yeah. and I know it's different today, but they would listen to the game, whether it was, okay, hey, you're going to get the pitch a few seconds later, whatever the case is. But that one, to me, I don't know what it is. I feel like it's a freaking party, and I want to be there. I,
1: I think I think we've talked about this before. I, one of the podcasts that I listened to is SmartList with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes, and they're hilarious and awesome and, and all those things, and um. Arnett was telling a story, Jason Bateman's a huge Dodgers fan, huge Mm -hmm. Dodger fan. And, he, and and Arnett's a Canadian guy, right? Like, he's not, he's not a, he's a hockey person. He's not necessarily a baseball person. And so they go to a Dodger game together, and they're getting ready to sit down. And, and Arnett's thinking, okay, we'll get a couple of beers, and we'll tell stories and laugh and all these things. And the baby's like, no, no, we're going to listen to the game on, on, on the radio. And Arnett's like, we're going to do what? Like, he's like, no, I, I, need, I need to listen to Vin Scully talk That's about awesome. what because we're sitting right here. We're looking at it. And I, Arnett tells the story obviously a thousand times better than I do, but it was just a perfect example like here's jason bateman and will arnett there at a dodge game and they're both sitting there listening to Vince scully call the game on, on on headphones
2: he's trying to have a conversation shut up
1: <laughs> stop talking
9: yeah did you hear what Vince said right there yeah just a uh, pretty pretty darn funny story taylor what about you for me it's number 715 i'm um, i just love the history of baseball and the greatest baseball player of all time hank aaron passing uh babe ruth and that having having that game being called by the greatest announcer of all time just to be there during that that tumultuous time in history would be would be an amazing thing
0: so i think that i would want to be uh and while this is like not ma- maybe as noteworthy as the rest of these but that uh the back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs yeah, that's a great in 2006, call for sure would just be like the craziest story to tell anybody and it, it was so like unique might not ever happen again like it's it's crazy so that's probably what i would be at that's
1: a good choice too um, they're all good choices yeah. that's the thing like there's <laughs> yeah i'm looking at you. no one's wrong to get to give you yeah. an idea and I, I, we have a, sc- a computer screen in front of me that's got the little sound drops that we all play right and, and usually there are seven or eight on a page and they're nice and big because you know i'm gonna play these things on any given show i have uh, on my computer screen this is what is that that's about eight by five there's about yeah. 45 of these on, on there right now 40 of them or whatnot and there's not enough room for all of them. And, and no matter which one of these that you picked, it's like, yeah, that's a good answer. Emily's answer is a great answer. Taylor's yeah, answer is a great answer. Your answer is a great answer. I think
2: it's gorgeous Whatever cool we've done, the... Trav, whatever we've done that's on that computer, go ahead and just delete it. And just make <laughs> more room for Vin.
9: But just looking at the years on them, like 1952 and 2014, are right. Yeah, that's pretty normal. Come on. That's pretty normal.
1: That, <laughs> what I mean, the it, hell does that mean?
9: <laughs> okay,
1: how about I heard this last night, but Emily will get right back to it. He... He called a game where there was a Dodger pitcher uh, that he broadcast a game in named Preacher Rowe, who was born in 1916. He also called a game where Julio Orias pitched, who was born in 1997. <laughs> okay, insane. 1906 to 1997. Okay, a 91 year span of people. Well, that what were do you want me to do with
2: that? What, what, do I, what do I say to that? That's unbelievable. It really unbelievable.
0: is. All right, so uh, Vin famously uh, would dress up for every game. He wore a suit for every game. You could wear a suit every time you go to work. Alan, better cap.
2: Um, I can if I'm forced to, but damn, is it nice kind of having that balance. And I think everybody does. Like Trev, uh, going to a Laker game, I'm going to throw a suit on. But then when we come in and we roll into the office, a lot of times you're like, did you did you change when you got out of bed? There's like a perfect balance. At least for us on radio, sometimes you got to throw a suit on, sometimes you could be very casual. I love that balance.
1: I would do it if I had swag like Vince Scully. <laughs> I mean that that man knew how to dress, right? That he had the suits that you're talking about, Emily. He also had a, a, an incredible array of sports coats that he would wear. I, I remember talking to you guys about this. Like I wanted to kind of have what one of those jackets, right? One of those sports coats that had very bright and vivid colors and kind of bold and a little bit, you know, a, a little bit aggressive for lack of a better word. And Vin had a closet full of those, and they were perfectly Vin Scully. Uh, Beto was telling a story last night about how he had a you know spring training one time he saw me louis vuitton belt and gucci loafers it's <laughs> just like well hell yes you know vin scully get your get your fashion on It's just absolutely terrific if i had vin's wardrobe i would
9: enthusiastically throw it on every single day for sure taylor yeah it takes some getting used to but i think i could handle it if i was calling you know for an iconic franchise like the dodgers that that might make it a little easier for me to do it
0: all right guys, I got one more for you guys. Uh and Taylor, I think I'm going to start with you cuz I think you might have the most interesting of these. So, uh we heard from uh him call uh, Madison Bumgarner had that story about the rattlesnake. So, you have a story that you would tell Vin that he could drop into a broadcast just like that. Uh Taylor, Patrick cap.
9: You know, I got some I got some Bumgarner type stories, some similar stuff. But just just talking about uh Vin Scully and his his impact, I I didn't fully understand it. Like I said, I only caught the tail end of his career. But just knowing that families come together with baseball, I can really relate to that because a lot of, you know, young boys that grow up and their dad gets them into sports or baseball especially. But for me, it was my mom, my late mother, and she was always listening to WCCO, Twins Games. Uh, Dan Gladden was on the call and just growing up on the farm and not having like a cable TV or anything and just listening to that. And that was my window to the world. That just has really resonated with me today, hearing everybody's stories. That's awesome. Trav? You know, I, you, you told us that you were going to ask us
1: this, and and I don't have a story about me that I would be dying for Vince. I mean, you could just talk, narrate my day, and it would be amazing. Like, Trav went to get a cup of coffee at Starbucks this morning, and, you know, got him. You know, whatever it would be, it would be <laughs> terrific. But I'd be like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and So I was, I was thinking about this, and – You know what would be just extraordinary, and I I don't know if he – my guess is he probably did. I'm sure that he did. When you have your children, you are overcome with this emotion and love that's impossible to describe. And it's instantaneous. There are two people in the room, and then there are three. And it is an indescribable feeling. And I have a feeling he would be able to describe it, mm. that he would be able to articulate that emotion, to see the look on the mother's face, on the father's face, of welcoming. One of your children in the world. and, and, and it's to have him do like play by play of welcome to the world, Robert Rogers and Kelly Rogers and Michael Rogers and you know coming in at nine pounds six ounces at 12:22. It just it would be such an extraordinary thing to get to listen to over and over and over again. I know it's kind of weird, Al, but to just be able to articulate the unarticulatable would be a, a, a real gift.
2: Well, here's the tie-in that I think you know. I'll probably I'll tie it in. It can be it's going to be completely different, but there's an emotional attachment to what you just described, and you want that description from the greatest to ever be able to tell a story. I, I the one that I think of because you go through so many of these kind of like waves of emotions. what I mentioned this, year, I've gone skydiving before, and if he's describing like if I tell him, hey, Vin, this is how I felt. Leading up to it. Hey, Vin, this is how I felt when I'm at the edge of the plane and there's four people left in front of me. Hey, Vin, now I'm getting ready to go. And then all that. I feel like I could try to tell the story a 100 times and people can be like, yeah, that was OK. <laughs> but then describing the emotions, the ups, the downs, the description of this and description of that, that's what makes him so special. That's one that came to mind.
1: Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. Uh, other great broadcasters or the tributes to Vince Scully are pouring in as well. You're going to hear from another one of the legends of, of the business. Al Michaels uh, was speaking last night on Spectrum Sports Net. We'll play some of that for you. Plus, more of your phone calls. 877 710 3776. We're celebrating the life of Vince Scully here on 710 ESPN. Listening to Max say what he said right there, Slee, talking about how, you know, we all got to listen to him for thousands of hours, and he's spot on um thankfully this that the, you know and and obviously vince scully's career spanned an unbelievable advancement technologically right that when we, you listen to the calls of him when he first came in and it sounded like he's talking into a tin can but at least we 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 have it right there is a recording of it and now you know vince scully was on social media for the last few years as well so the the evolution of of media has been extraordinary but even though we're not going to get to hear new stuff, we get to hear him mm-hmm. over the better part of 70 years, and you can pull up so many different things that you really could go back and listen to thousands of hours all over again because it's archived somewhere. That you know, it's not like, for instance, like the the the, the sound of your grandfather's voice or whatever. Maybe you saved a voicemail or there's an old home movie or something like that, but you don't have thousands of hours of that person's voice. You maybe have a little snippet here and there. We have. Tens of thousands of hours of Vin Scully.
2: That's such a great point. It really is. I mean, you could go back. You mentioned this earlier that go, go on YouTube. Why don't, you, why don't you go throw in Vin Scully on there and go go catch yourself two and a half, three hours in listening to Vin tell stories after stories or iconic calls after. That's a, that's such a great point that the the beauty with him – the 67 years of him doing what he was doing, or like you're talking about, whether it's calling a game, Koufax's perfect game, where there is no footage of it, but there's audio of it, mm-hmm. to all the way up until 2016 calling games, you can still listen. You could still feel Vin at any moment. That's that's a that's a great point.
1: So another legend of uh the broadcasting game Al Michaels was on Spectrum SportsNet LA last night and, and again Al Michaels you you hear a, a half a second of his voice ah, that's Al Michaels like you 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 know right away because he's been on a million iconic moments as well the Miracle on Ice and of course Monday Night Football Sunday Night Football World Series games just Al Michaels is one of those guys as well but even a, a legend of it held Vin Scully in incredibly high regard here's Al Michaels courtesy of Spectrum SportsNet LA
8: well, what a life this man lived. Uh, it was one of my great thrills to get to to meet him when I finally got to do Major League Baseball back in 1971. And a great thrill for me that year is I was the uh, voice of the Cincinnati Reds when we came into Los Angeles and Vinny asked me to be on the pregame show. And having grown up listening to Vinny in Brooklyn, and having moved out to L.A. the same year the Dodgers did. And uh, he was my idol. There was no question about that. And when I was going to uh, Ebbets Field as a child, and we lived within walking distance, and the first thing I remember in life, John, is walking into Ebbets Field with my father, and Vinny had to be in his first or second year. It had to be 1950 or 51, and I'm six or seven years old at the time, and my father pointed to the broadcast booth, and he said that's where they are announcing the games that we can listen to on radio and watch occasionally on television. And I remember walking into Ebbets Field that day and just being enamored and enthralled by just the sights and sounds of of a Major League Baseball game. And then to look up at Vinny, who was with Red Barber in those years, and Connie Desmond was the third announcer, and I thought, man, the first conscious thought I ever had was, what a job. I mean, how great would that be? You get to go to all of the games and you get in for free. And that was kind of the impetus for me wanting to be a sportscaster and building my career around baseball and listening to Vinny. And, uh, you know, I heard Vinny's whole career all the way through the end. Uh, and he, he really never wavered. I mean, even, even at the end, if he wasn't necessarily as Totally sharp as he was when he was, you know, in his 30s or 40s or 50s. He was he was magical. And, uh, I've always said there were times when I would pull into my driveway, uh, and, and listening to Vinny on the radio, I, I'd always have to stop and even have the, have the engine idle so I could hear Vinny finish a story. Um, one of a kind, best of all time. And if uh, Vinny was in a horse race, uh, for the best of all time, he'd be secretary at winning by 31 lengths in the Belmont.
1: I mean, there you go. There's why he's Al Michaels, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, the 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 perfect capper to the perfect story. But, Al, think about this for a second. Imagine how good you have to be at what it is you're doing to get Al Michaels to sit in his car and listen to you finish the story or finish the inning or, or whatever it might be that you have captivated somebody who has captivated tens of millions of people.
2: You know how good you have to be? You have to be the greatest at what you do. And that's probably the best way to describe it. You literally have to be the greatest at what you do. And Al Michaels is one of those guys and here he is uh admiring as every great broadcaster is doing, I'm sure um, not just uh, since we got the news that, that Vince Scully passed at 94. I'm sure they admired him throughout his entire career.
1: All right, so this is this is exciting. I'm very happy to uh, tell you that Oral Hershiser is going to join us next. Um, Fantastic. Oral, of course, is one of the Dodger legends and was a part of some of these iconic calls. Of course, Oral is now a broadcaster for the team, so Oral is going to join us here in, in just a couple of minutes and share his memories uh, and time spent with Vince Scully. That's coming up next. We're celebrating the life of of Vince Scully here on 710 ESPN. Oral Hersheiser coming up next.